our LSU. Boom! All night long. Yes. Let's go, LSU fans. We've got a win coming up versus Georgia State, and we're going to talk about Madhouse quite a bit tonight. Brian Kelly uh, had a press conference a little bit earlier. I'm going to go through everything you need to know from that brief press briefing. It's been kind of a rough day in LSU athletics as LSU basketball lost yet another close game to Dayton and a lot of you are still sharing the clip of me dancing. I'll be at the Pelicans game Friday night versus Jokic and the Nuggets. So if you want to see me dancing, I'm going to be dancing on there uh, at some point. So you better find me, but I want to talk about Madhouse here right off the jump. You see the poll question. And if you're listening to this via podcast, let me know. Does Matt House have a huge game versus a Georgia state team that offensively, really hasn't done a whole lot this year. They're probably ranked in pretty much every statistical category in the middle of of everything. When you look at yards per play, they are around 65th in all of college football. So they aren't just a putrid offense, but they're not a great offense either. And we already know what Jaden Daniels is going to do versus this Georgia State defense. They're not going to be that good, right? We take a look at Georgia State's defense, one of the worst pass defenses in all of college football. They rank in the hundreds. And these last three games, Georgia State, two of which have been at home, by the way, they have given up at least 42 points in each and every one of those games. And LSU offensive players are chasing records, right? Malik Neighbors is trying to move his way up the all-time LSU wide receiver List And, of course, Jaden Daniels is going for the most prestigious individual award that we have in all of college sports. So you take a look at this from an LSU perspective. There is a lot to play for. And rarely when you have a game such as Georgia State, you don't really look at it as a game that LSU has a lot to play for. Um, But this instance, it definitely is, right? We're not in the playoff we're kind of in this middle of the road situation where a, a New Year's Six Bowl is pretty distant, and a not bad bowl is something that is not in our repertoire either. We won't um, go to a bowl game um, that is played in early December versus nobody. We are going to have a decent bowl game, but not a great one. So, you know, you do wonder about the. Uh, the team going into it, are we going to be as sharp as we normally are when we play a non-Power 5 team? You take a look at what Brian Kelly has done versus weaker opposition at LSU. He has covered the spread pretty much every time we have played a school that is not someone you would consider uh, to be a Power 5 school, right? So I include Purdue in that last year. And, of course, the three games that we played um, versus nobody's last year, we blew each and every one of them out. The game was never really in question. And this year, the same thing has happened up to this point. 
Army blown out of the water 63 to 0. Of course, earlier this season, we played Grambling. They only scored 10 points, and we put up a lot of freaking points. So, are we going to be in the same spot where we absolutely positively blow the other team out? Or are we going to be in a spot where Georgia State is probably the best non power five team on our schedule? Um, can they actually move the football? Can they actually do something versus this Matt? house defense okay let's go to jared who actually goes to all these um away games here he wants no part of an orlando bowl we say hi to todd mick good to see you now this is where i am concerned about this lsu defense they have heard all the noise they have heard everyone pretty much saying you are no good they've heard it non-freaking stop and what do you think will happen when they get a favorable matchup? Are they going to come in focus or are they going to look at this situation and say, hey, um, we're we're obviously not going uh, to go anywhere special. I'm not going to give it my my all. I hope that doesn't happen. But sometimes there are players at the collegiate level, especially with the transfer portal and the NIL, they look to the next step. They look for their next step in life, whether it's football or another school or whatever the case may be. This is what concerns me about this LSU defense. This is a dual threat quarterback in Darren Granger who does throw the football into heavy coverage. His decision-making is not the best. Even though he is an older quarterback, he is a class of 2018 player, just for reference, a class of 2018 recruit is Terrace Marshall, right? He was a uh, class of 2018, right? And Terrace Marshall, of course, has been in the NFL. Jamar Chase was a class of 2018 recruit. So this is a year six quarterback. Um, he's good. I, I mean, he could throw some, even though like last week versus Appalachian State, he'll throw it into heavy coverage. He could throw some. But he is a really, really good runner. Now, is he a Joe Milton-level athlete? No. I will say, though, that he's probably faster than Arkansas's K.J. Jefferson. He's probably faster than Missouri's Brady Cook. And both of them had big days versus us. And, you know, Brady Cook wasn't so much on the ground, but the dual-threat capability of Brady Cook and K.J. Jefferson absolutely ate us up. So... We have got to be ready for that. Old, uh, I say Ole Miss. Uh, Jackson Dart, of course, is another dual threat quarterback. So he's probably the same level of of athlete as, as let's say, a Jackson Dart, right? He's fast. Um, they also do a bunch of speed option stuff. So, like, just quick options to one side or the other. And he is really good at keeping it on that option. He tore James Madison up with his legs uh, a few weeks ago. Two very long touchdown runs. And James Madison is the best group of five program that we have. They're having college game day this uh, this next weekend. So I truly do believe this could be a situation where the LSU defense has another tough day. Um, I, I'm hoping they don't. I am hoping this could be uh, a good defensive performance for us. Hopefully, we jump out to a big 21-0 to zero lead or something like that. And then, of course, that will make their offense far more one-dimensional and they can't get the run game going. But you, you got to be real here, okay? This LSU defense 
do you trust him to stop the opposition? Let's take a look at their elite performances this season. But before we do that, we do welcome in everybody in PHL Nation. We say hi to Jared. We say hi to Chance. We say hi to LD88. Um, Tony the Tiger's in here. LA Mom's in here. And uh, just just to let you know, I, I will be in New Orleans tomorrow night for the Pelicans game. I will not be in Baton Rouge for the LSU football game. I would like to go to the Georgia State game. I've been offered um, quite a few tickets uh, to go to the game, including from some of you PHLers. Uh, but I do need to get back home um, for this weekend. So I am. I will be in New Orleans tomorrow night for the for the Pels game uh, to go see someone that I'm not uh, that we've talked about quite a bit on this channel, Nicole Jokic. So I will get to see uh, the Joker uh, tomorrow night versus my Pel. So uh, if you're going to the game, hit me up. But I'm literally driving there and then coming right back uh, the very next day. Now, next thing. Uh, let, let's talk about the Jaden Daniels snap count. Obviously, we are about to blow the brakes off this team. Brian Kelly understands what's at stake, okay? A Heisman Trophy is an award that when you win it, your name is etched in history, right? Um, it is amazing what a Heisman Trophy does for one person's life, right? And winning it is far more valuable than being a runner-up, right? Uh, we'll always talk about Eric Crouch being a Heisman Trophy winner, winner, but if you're not in the SEC, uh, no one cares that Darren McFadden had two runner-up Heiser Trophy finishes, even though that is more impressive than winning just one Heiser Trophy, right? So it is an award whether you, you – it's either you win it or you don't, okay? We need Jane Daniels to win this award. The fact that we can tell quarterback recruits, hey, we have put not one but two different quarterbacks um, to the Heiser Trophy – level of play, you have got to draw your attention to that. So I think Brian Kelly is going to leave Jaden Daniels in until the fourth quarter. And I understand that some would say, well, you're just running it up. Well, no duh. I mean, we're trying to win a big award here. And I think Malik and BTJ will go over 100 yards and I'm going to go one step further. Mason Taylor has two touchdowns in this game versus um, Georgia State. Georgia State has had struggles stopping the tight end in particular on tight end delay kind of plays. And we do run those types of plays. It's not really a huge part of what we do offensively. We don't really do a whole lot of leak uh, kind of plays, even though. That's some of my favorite kind of plays. They do, uh, they're not as explosive, but they do create easy explosives, if that makes sense. I think Mason Taylor's going to have a big game uh, this weekend. So be on the lookout for that. But when it comes to Jaden Daniels and his snap count, hopefully we do get some Garrett Nussmeyer in this game because you do get some reps uh, going into next season. And yeah, but I, I think I think you will see. Um, I, I think you will see a lot of Jaden Daniels in the second half, even if it is a blowout. Okay. 
Let's go to LA Mom here. Anyone knows if BK has ever had a Heisman Trophy winner? Uh, he has not. I believe he has had one Heisman Trophy finalist. I would do need to look that up. And let's see if you guys know it. I know Chance, you'll, you're going to know this. But outside of Chance, answer right now who is Brian Kelly's Heisman Trophy finalist. Okay? Let's see here. Tim Brown was the last Notre Dame player to win the Heisman Trophy, and that was 1989. Lots of big, big, big life events happened in 1989. So there you go. House is rated below Alex Grinch. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Alex Grinch. I didn't think an Alex Grinch reference. Is that who you want for defensive coordinator? I hope not. Huh? Huh? Uh, uh, let's see. And there you go, Van. It was Manti Teo. There you go. Huh? 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 You know, we're saying, I brought this up before. When it comes to Brian Kelly, I loved the Manti Teo documentary. Now, when it comes to sports documentaries, um, I don't really watch as many as I probably should. I love sports documentaries, though. I found it so bizarre that Brian Kelly was not in the Manti Teo documentary. I don't know if he refused to not be in it, um, but I would love someone to ask him about that because um, yeah, I was such a, a, a big – it's still one of, what, the five biggest college football stories of, of the uh, BCS era. So, yeah, absolutely wonderful time uh, in college football. Now – I do want to get to a few other stories here um, because I, I don't know how long uh, we're, we're going to be going tonight. I kind of feel like going all night, but I know I probably shouldn't. I do want to address something that Brian Kelly did mention tonight in the press conference. Uh, he was asked about the 12-team playoff, and he loves it. Even though I don't, it is good for us. Okay? Now think about Everything that has happened up to this point in the season, we, okay, we will still be in the, uh, the college football playoff race with all three of the losses that we have had up to this point. Now, we would need some help, but more than likely, a nod, nod, wink, wink would have probably gotten us in if we win both of these games because, well, we want the the, the ratings. They want Jaden Daniels to be in this daggum thing, okay? Um, I'm probably going to grow on the 12-team playoff when it, when it comes around, but, you know, I, I did find it interesting that Brian Kelly said, I love the 12-team playoff, and it does benefit LSU, right? Because we have had a lot of finishes – Outside the top 10 in this 10-ish, you know, kind of range, right? Um, 
let's go back uh, to the 2018 LSU team. Could that team have made some noise uh, in the playoff? If, of course, we would have beaten Texas A&M, which we did. I, I will always fight to the grave saying that. But, you know, if LSU every year only has two losses, you're probably going to get into the 12-team playoff. Probably with the strength of LSU's schedule. Now, next college football story I want to get into is recruiting. All right. Yesterday's live stream just honestly came down to the fight that I had with Robert Griffin III on Twitter. Okay. I would call it a fight. I, I would because that obviously riled me up to no end. Um, he was, um, he, he was um, a, a guy that did not want to debate me. I sent him a link. I, I said, hey, you want you want to jump on the live stream? And uh, never got a response. But I'm not going to spend too much time on that again. I just want this to be known that I truly, truly, truly hope that his crappy argument did not change the minds of any voters. Okay? Because that argument is so stupid. College football is all about awarding the Heisman Trophy to the most outstanding player. Even though the Heisman Trophy mission statement doesn't say that, they say a bunch of malarkey about um, uh, about hard work, integrity, and all that BS. It should just go to the most outstanding player, and that player is Jaden Daniels. Now, there's plenty of outstanding players in college football. Brock Bowers, when he's healthy, has been – has had one of the best three-year runs we have ever seen of any college football player. Um, but Jaden Daniels, from start to finish, has been college football's most outstanding player. And if I see someone like Jordan Travis or someone like that sneak ahead of Jaden Daniels, I will go crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm still pissed about yesterday. That took a lot out of me. You saw me get a little bit more fired up than I normally do. Normally, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm very exciting. I do all these mannerisms, all this BS uh, that I love to do. But yesterday, I was legitimately angry that a fellow three-loss quarterback who made up some BS about primetime games, stuff that really doesn't matter, is would would say what he said about Jaden Daniels and honestly tweet about it as much as he did yesterday and continuously say, Hey, I'm team Jaden. No, the F you're not. Okay. No, you're not. If, if you're team Jaden, you would vote him number one. Okay. You would vote him number one. Uh, opinion on. Yeah. So Mr. Green to, to your point, uh, Josh paid has said it. College football nerds have said it. Um, the barstool guys have said it. Um, Booker McFarlane, of course, on Feinbaum has said it. Tequila Spikes has said it. It's it's over. It, it should it shouldn't be close. Uh, the Heisman Trophy vote, but as of right now, the Heisman odds makers have now baked into their odds that Bo Nix and Michael Penix are going to have a massive game. And I also think one thing that'll hurt Jaden Daniels is those two are playing each other now. One thing I do want to include is maybe the West Coast voters say, look, Jaden is from California, okay? And 
you know, if you're on the West Coast, you are familiar with Jaden Daniels and Arizona State and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I do want to make this point about Jaden. I do want to make this point as well about Bo Nix and Michael Penix. One thing that all three of them have in common is they should not be playing college football right now. Okay, because of the COVID season, they were able to get an extra year of eligibility. The same thing is true for Jordan Travis, uh, who is in year six of his collegiate career. So you take a look at what those guys did, and then you look at last year and you look at some of the Heiser Trophy, you know, finalists. One was obviously Stetson uh, Bennett. He he was a year five guy, and then. Of course, the guy who won it, Caleb Williams, was a year two guy, but he's a supernova um, quarterback prospect. Older quarterbacks are where it's at. So you look at LSU going into next season. Do you go into the transfer portal and get somebody to back up Garrett Nussmeyer? Is there someone out there who would be interested in, in coming to LSU and competing with Garrett Nussmeyer? But obviously, Garrett being the guy or do you PHL nation feel comfortable with Ricky Collins being the top backup? Colin Hurley is going to be coming in. Obviously that is more than likely going to be a redshirt situation because he is younger, but he's also very talented. He's going to be one of the youngest LSU football players ever. Um, is that something that LSU does? They, they go look for some experienced backup to come in and, and and help with this LSU offense. Would there be somebody interested in making that jump over here um, in a room where it is clearly Garrett Nussmeyer's? So we'll see. I mean, those are going to be very interesting questions that Brian Kelly is going to need to answer. And like he has said in, in a question tonight about, you know, offseason stuff and and all of that, it's going to be a busy time. It's going to be a tough time. There's going to be a lot of difficult questions. And obviously, the biggest difficult question will be if he is going to retain um, uh, his defensive coordinator. I do agree, Rick. Um, I actually don't mind a Robert Griffin the third call because I do a lot of corny jokes, right? Um, I do on almost every live stream. I do. Let's go to Lauren. Lauren's been very active. I hope everything's good for you. I hope Madhouse is doing something to prep for the AM game. Otherwise, he will coast JD5, the offense, in addition to the defense, costing him the West in the New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, you know, this, this is what I'll say about uh, this season. What's up, Greg? Good to see you. You're right, Jared. Uh, there, there could be some quarterbacks that say, look, I saw what happened to Spencer Sanders this year. And Oklahoma State ended up being still very good. And Ole Miss still ended up sticking with the guy who was the incumbent. So, yeah, I mean, there are some some good portal quarterbacks that, that stayed on the bench this year. Um, I, I, I want to chat a little bit here about some of the challenges that comes along with being, you know, a college football coach. One thing that has really, really, really perplexed me 
about this overarching Michigan story is did Jim Harbaugh know about this? Do you believe Jim Harbaugh knew about this operation of going to other games and filming their sidelines, which um, was illegal? Do you, do you guys think this was something that is illegal? It's not something that Jim Harbaugh did know about. You know, I, I think about this all the time, about all the college football um, players that you have to worry about, right? So, for instance, you um, you, you got to be in a spot where any one person could take down your program, okay? Let's take Lane Kiffin and what he's going through here. This is a three-star backup defensive tackle that put him in a tough spot here. Connor Stallions is a lower-level Michigan through-and-through staffer, right? So when you factor that in, if you were to list before the season the 50 most important people on Michigan's team and the 50 most important people on Ole Miss's team, Neither one of those people would be on there, okay? It's just so many people you got to manage. And it's yet just another reminder, if you are Brian Kelly, if you're the coach of any college football program, your legacy could be heavily affected by anyone on a college football staff. You don't have to worry about that in other sports, right? Um, the, the, The number of players and staffers um, in sports of way lesser significance than yours, you know everybody, right? You all take the, the same team playing. You all uh, are, are together at all times. It's it's a vastly, vastly different dynamic. So I, I saw today that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh took the um, the deal. They're, they're not going to push back on these final two games of suspension. So Jim Harbaugh will not be on the sideline for the Ohio State game and for whoever they play this this next week. I'm drawing a blank. But let it be clear. You've got to keep all your ducks in a row. You, you really, really, really do. Dang it, Zach Taylor reference. I'm not being able to, to watch the, the, the Bengals-Ravens game. Um. Uh, well, Walker Howard could be the guy next year. Chance, maybe, maybe he, maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe Walker Howard was assured that he would be the starter next year. My thing is this: if you're Walker Howard, why in the hell would Jackson Dart not use his final year of eligibility with Ole Miss? Why, why would, why would he go to the NFL in this draft class when the next quarterback draft class is not that great? And Michigan plays Maryland this weekend. You're right, Chance. Anyone like Maryland plus the points here? For some reason, it feels like Maryland every year always loses a game that they shouldn't in the Big Ten, but they always play someone very, very, very close that they shouldn't play close. Like last year, they almost beat Ohio State. Um, 
for some reason, I am feeling pretty good about that. Okay, I feel like, I feel like Maryland's going to cover. Okay, now let's go to LD88. He wants to ask about a rumor. 73 of you watching right now. Really appreciate each and every one of you. Thursday night's always difficult, especially with the big Thursday night game. Joe Burrow going up against Lamar Jackson. I saw Patrick Queen going up against Tanner Hudson. I've always been a big Tanner Hudson fan. I know it sounds like BS, but uh, he went to a school I'm very familiar with. And obviously, Patrick Queen is a guest of this channel. And Patrick Queen's having his best year in the NFL. I'm just saying. Um, so this goes for any. Big name LSU athlete, if you want to have a baller career, be on my channel. Be on my channel. Slade Roy, absolutely baller career. Uh, Michaela Williams, absolutely baller career. Lance Herb has had a pretty good true freshman season, if you ask me. Get on this network, Betty. So I'll get to this, and this is going to be a – a topic I've seen some LSU media talk about. Because uh, you guys know I'm a big Manning guy. Love the Mannings. All right. I know that's not popular to say as an LSU channel. I know Van's in here. He's not a Manning guy. I know a lot of you aren't Manning guys and gals. I freaking love Peyton Manning. I do. Um, have I addressed the Arch Manning situation yet? The speculation is getting out of control. Okay. Quinn Ewers is coming back next year. It would be stupid for him to go to the NFL. This NFL draft QB class, once again, is very loaded. And where does Quinn Ewers fit on that hierarchy? I don't know. He's not ahead of Jaden. He's not ahead of May. He's not ahead of Ewers. Or, excuse me, not ahead of um, Williams. So, at best, he is going to be QB4. Okay? And then you have a bunch of other names you got to go up against. Let's say, uh, um, come on, Spencer Rattler, that uh, that could jump you, right? Even though Spencer's not had a great season, um, you know, they're very similar, right? They're Neither one of them are dual threats. They're both former five stars, and they both have cannons, right? So it looks like Quinn Ewers is coming back. Arch Manning obviously wants to go play somewhere. First thing regarding the Arch Manning situation is, does he think he can beat out Malik Murphy at Texas? I would say no. I think Malik Murphy is just older. He's more physical. And he's obviously played over Arch Manning. So for Arch to jump Malik Murphy is very difficult. Okay. The next thing I, I would bring up here about any college quarterback is it is so hard to know anything about any college quarterback. Okay. One guy who was very heavily hyped is a quarterback named Drew Allar. Okay. He's a starting quarterback at Penn state. He was a five-star like Arch Manning and he, he sucks. He's just not that good. Um, is it because of the James Franklin offense? Is it because um, you know, Drew Eilar can't really run. He's got a cannon. I don't know, but he's not really that good. Okay. It's hard to know anything about any quarterback until you actually see them play. Okay. So 
we've not seen Arch Manning play at a Division One Power Five level, and there was questions about him as a high school player. Okay, his film isn't something that just blows you away, right? But I thought it was enough for him to be a top one hundred player. I think he was a four star. Um, but I never understood him being the consensus five-star number one overall guy. Would I take him at LSU if there was some interest for him transferring to LSU? You bet, right? We probably would like to add another quarterback to this room, okay? Is Arch a runner? Not really, um, but obviously he he could be a big time Division One Power Five uh, quarterback. Okay, you want Matt House? <laughs> Open invite to Matt House. Doug says I heard Archer's looking around. Tulane would be a good fit. It honestly would, right? That's a QB-friendly offense. Obviously, move home, closer to home. Who's going to be the guy when Michael Pratt goes to the NFL? I, I don't know. I don't know. Tulane would be a good fit. You know, for me, it, like, let me, let me break up a, a, a situation here, okay? If I was... Um, If, if I were to do this, okay, and want to see uh, Charlie's uh, the president of the Nest Fan Club here on PHL. Okay, so Charlie's a filet mignon guy. And, oh, okay, yes. So let me ask you this. All right, this is a little side topic before I you know, share something else here about Arch Manning. Would you guys be interested in hearing me call these basketball games? So I posted this in the Discord, my link, and I was shocked that there was people from PHL that actually watched me call a basketball game. And for those that did, I did have a Jaden Daniels reference in the call because uh, there's a young man I know on one of these teams uh, that's from Baton Rouge. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll post a link in the Discord, but... Um, I'll also post on Twitter when I'm calling games. So if you want to see it at Carter, the power, we got a really good team this year, both men and women's and a lot of Louisiana players. We got someone on our team from on one of the teams that I call from Sims Louisiana. I gotta be honest. I had no idea. Uh, Sims Louisiana. I, I never heard of that. Okay, Simsboro, Louisiana. So, yeah, we got a little Louisiana flavor, and um, I love it. I love doing play-by-play. I do. So, Branson was actually playing ball during the Arch Manning time, so you know, I take his opinion um, very seriously. I... um. I, I didn't love Arch as a high school prospect. I didn't. I I, I do want to bring up a name though that, that that could be very sexy when it comes to 
uh, the portal is uh, Dante Moore, right? Um, Five-star QB who was very interested in LSU. He goes to UCLA. He plays some as a true freshman this season. And Chip Kelly is now fired. So where where is Dante Moore going to go now? I would guess he would go somewhere where he could play. Um, but I I think there is value in bringing um, another arm in. I do, I do. Okay. But this will be Garrett Nussmeier's team. It will be next year. Uh, so Tony, you know about Simsboro? That's good, man. Shout out Simsboro, Louisiana. The kid's nickname is the Cobra. That's a bad snake sound. But I do that on the call. The Cobra. I love it. I love it. Uh, I love my lo- love 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 doing the basketball games. Now, next thing. Okay. Brief. Brief, brief foray um, into basketball here. Okay. LSU's men's basketball team choked again today. They're up by 15. Versus Nichols, they were losing by a lot. They come back, should have won the game. Nichols wins. Then today, they're up by 15 on Dayton, choked away the game. Dayton, uh, LSU had a few times grabbed a rebound in the game. Dayton, scores the game-tying three, and then they hit a game-winning three, basically at the buzzer, okay? I do want to touch on the women's basketball thing. That happened today, all right? I always caution you. When you see something on social media that lacks specificity, okay, always be careful. So there was some beefing going on with uh, and some cryptic activities on social media regarding some of the some of the members of the LSU women's basketball team. Right, uh, Jasmine Carson uh, tweeted something out. Uh, I think Alexis Morris had, had said something um, previously. I don't think it's a big deal. I really don't. It's social media. It, you know, life moves on. Right. But there wasn't really anything specific. It was something along the lines of, uh, I'll just keep my mouth shut or something like that. I don't know. Um, I saw it briefly. I didn't really think anything of it. Not really worried about the women's basketball team at this point. Okay. I do want to point out, though, that it's going to be interesting to see whose team this becomes, right? Michaela Williams is the clear-cut, most talented player on this team. Not really shocked by that. I'm really not. Now, once again, if I say it, it comes off very biased because, well, I'm a huge fan of hers. I mean, she was on our channel. I think it was a big deal uh, for, for, for us. It's still one of the most viewed videos we've ever done in the history of PHL. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I'm not worried about the LSU women's basketball team at all, okay? Um, and I, I think they're eventually going to gel, and we're going to start running people out of the gym, okay? 
So yeah, it was it's, it was weird. Bunch of cryptic stuff. Not really worried about it. Not mad at Jazz and Carson either. It, it was strange, though. I, I'll, I'll just say that, okay? Because, of course, Jasmine Carson, we don't win the national championship if she didn't go crazy in that natty game, okay? Uh, let's go to Branson here. Very interesting. We need to hit the portal for wide receiver more than QB, to be honest. Yes. Um, he's right. Now... It would be strange because LSU has never really had a transfer portal receiver really do anything, right? It's mostly been guys that got out of high school. Honestly, you could make a case that Kyron Lacey has been the best one. Um, That's a position where we really haven't needed a whole lot of help from the portal. Now, tight end's a little bit different, obviously, with Thaddeus Moss, but but yeah, you know, there's there 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 should be some receivers that we go after this year. I do want to point out though that the LSU wide receiver room next year is going to be insanely crowded. Absolutely insanely crowded. Now think about it. You've got four true freshmen on the team right now, okay? As Shelton Simpson, Kai Prian, Jalen Brown, and um, Kyle Parker, okay? Then you got four coming in next year, all right, from the high school ranks. And there could be more. More than likely, there will be more. And then in uh, 2025, we literally have a kid named Moore, a five-star receiver to Corey and Moore committed, Okay. And then you got to look at the guys that are incumbents, okay? Kyron Lacey and Chris Hilton are likely still going to be with the team next year. And then you have a guy, let's say like a Landon Ibietta, who hadn't really dressed out this year. He's a guy who was getting second team reps in last year's um, uh, last year's spring. So could we see a situation where a Landon Ibietta has – uh, a, a jump in, in ability. Okay. Let's go to Branson. He says one of two, one or two of these sophomores this year will leave and one or two of this year's freshmen. That's true. There will be some guys in the portal. It makes no sense for them or the team to keep them on the team. Okay. And one more thing that I would bring up about this is what if LSU wants to completely shift their philosophy to being a more run-based attack? It would honestly make a lot of sense, okay? We are returning what should be the best LSU offensive line ever next year, okay? I know it sounds like hyperbole, but – that will be the most experienced and put together offensive line we ever have. Okay. Let's say Charles Turner and Miles Frazier make that jump to the senior bowl. 
they'll probably both get senior bowl invites this year. In steps in top 104 star DJ Chester, move Emory Jones down to guard, and then you have Lance Hurd at right tackle. So you have top 50 left tackle, top 125 left guard, top 125 center, top 125 right guard, five-star right tackle. And you got Mason Taylor coming back, who has been more effective as a run blocker this year than as a pass catcher. So LSU is going to have an unbelievable group of running backs. You got Trey Holly and Caleb Jackson, of course, will be the alpha next year. Um, You could, in theory, I do think Noah Kane, does Noah Kane still have a year of eligibility? I think he should. Um, 2019, 2021. Or is this his last year? I don't know. I'd have to go look at it. But then you have Caden Durham coming in. This could be a more run-based attack. It's something else about the wide receiver room is Mike Dembrock is a tight ends coach, okay? Does he run to run more 12 personnel, which means two tight end sets? So we know for sure Mason is going to be a big part of our offense. He's a big part of our offense this year. He's going to be focal point of our offense next year. Do we run want to run more 12, Okay. Obviously, that's going to come down to the development of Mark Way and, and Pimpton. Does Kamarion Pimpton uh, stick around? He's kind of been phased out of the tight end heavy packages that we run. Uh, that's the 13 personnel and 14 personnel sets. Um, is he going to be a bigger part of what we do? Do we look at him more as a wide receiver? I think he's very good. I do. I liked him a lot. Um but like I said, going in uh, to the season, the um, the blocking is what concerned me, and that's been um, it's been a big issue for us with him getting on the field uh, at this point. But I'm going to be real: most true freshman tight ends can't block. Okay, they just can't. I would say probably 90% of them can't, and I've been very clear about that for the longest. So I could see a huge leap forward in year two for him. And if we can get 12 personnel going with him and Mason Taylor, that was that will make Garrett Nussmeyer's life so much easier, right? Um, because it's so much easier to run the football if you have two tight ends on the field. It just is. Okay, let's go to Doug here. Hot list for the new defensive coordinator. Give me my three best guesses. So, um, Matt House is not fired yet. I doubt he is retained next season. Okay. So, you know, I, I'll still stand by what, what I've said. Uh, I like Lance Gidry a lot in Miami. Um, I, I do. Obviously he's from Louisiana. I think it'd be cool to have a Louisiana coordinator, uh, come back home. It's a guy who's worked his way up. He was at, uh, Marshall, uh, this last year. And, now he's with Miami. So this has been uh, for him. Um, I guess you can call this a meteoric rise because I think he was at McNeese before that. But also, he didn't just get jobs because of his last name or because of who he was. He got jobs based on him being a good defensive coach. Now, there are some coaches that would make a lot of sense, but I would stay away from. Uh, you know, a name like a DJ Durkin, uh, who who was at Texas A&M, 
Now he's going to be looking for a job. I doubt he's going to be retained. Um. So, yeah, obviously Gidry would be on my list. I'm a little bit higher on Dave Veranda than most in terms of his influence um, on LSU football, his greatness. But I, I know that the, the the powers that be would not want another retread, and we don't necessarily have the types of players we need to run a scheme. Um, and then, of course, you know, the sexiest name has been Jim Leonard, okay? Obviously, very interesting situation with what happened at Wisconsin. He is scorned. He thought potentially he was going to get the head coach job at his alma mater. They decided to uh, go big game hunting, and they, they got a pretty big name uh, from, from Cincinnati and Luke Fickle. And it's been a tough year for him in year one. Does Jim Leonard come in with the chip on his shoulder and say, look, I'll, I, I'll take this defensive coordinator job and hit the ground running? Obviously, this guy played in the NFL a very long time. Would he be interested in something like that? I don't know. I don't know. But those are just a few names. I honestly have not done really any deep dives for any defensive coordinators just yet, uh, Doug. Because, you know, normally when I do like a deep dive for a coach or a coordinator that could potentially come to LSU, I I like to go deep. I like to dive very, very, very deep. Um, You can go back and look at the Madhouse deep dive that we did a few years ago when he was hired. Okay. And a lot of the things that I brought up in in that video that concerned me have kind of happened. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, for right now, I like Lance a lot. I really do. See, I did it again. And it wasn't intended. It wasn't intended. Lance a lot. Okay. Yeah, Jax, it's, it's, it's a good follow-up to uh, this question here. And it's kind of a difficult answer. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to give you why. It's not because of a lack of names per se, but I'll tell you why right after this. PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. Yeah, so this this is why it, it gets difficult with this Jackson, okay? Steeples is not it, okay? It's not all Robert Steeples, all right? Some of this is obviously Kerry Cooks, and some of this is Matt House. Um, so, yeah. Now, are, are we going to go get Ron Cooper back? I don't know. What is Ron doing now? I have no idea. Obviously, one sexy name that's floated around is Chevis Jackson. Um yeah, I saw a tweet earlier today. 
our new defensive coordinator and DB coach will be Chevis Jackson and um, Blake Baker. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> huh? 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 Um, but look, do do I do I think Chevis Jackson would be a welcome addition to LSU? You bet. I collect Chevis Jackson's cards. Uh, chances, what about Ed Reed? Yeah, so here's the thing about Ed Reed. I think he wants to be a head coach. I think he wants to be a head coach. So, yeah. Let's see. What do I give out to him? Uh, yeah, we didn't do a giveaway yet. Here we go. Let's do this one. What about what about this guy right here? What about LaRon Landry? On card LaRon Landry autograph. Numbered 137 out of 299. It's a clean, clean, clean auto. His signature is absolutely beautiful. What about LaRon Landry as coach? Um next $50 super chant is getting this one right here. Or if we get to a hundo tonight, I think we are at 20 right now. If we get to a hundo tonight, we'll give out this Lauren Landry. Um, so there you go. I actually just got this one in uh, not too long ago. This card is beautiful. This is a – I love it when players sign in blue ink. And Laurent's got the whole aesthetic going on. This card is absolutely gorgeous. TJ Watt. We got a TJ Watt reference in here. Let's see here. Jackson says, crazy how our wideout room will go from a strength to one of our weaknesses in the um, 2022 class. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if I want to call it a weakness just yet. I really don't like. It's just way too early for any of that uh, to 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 happen. Okay, um, I I don't think weakness is um, a word that I would describe any LSU wide receiver room. Honestly, ever. I don't really remember a year where it's been weak. This will be the most, like, question wide receiver room going into a season. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you would like to hopefully miracle BTJ comes back next season. But it's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, Honey Badger is obviously, you know, towards the end of his NFL career. Would not shock me if he hangs up the cleats after this season. Um, would he be someone that, that could step right in and coach right away? Obviously, yes. Um, but, you know, you have the recruiting aspect of it. He's a big family guy. And 
you know, do you really want to go from being in the NFL to then arguably work in a job that requires even longer hours, uh, position coaches and just coaches in general with recruiting and, and the portal and all that stuff. It's 10 hour days year round, basically. Um, so there you go. Now, I did just get an alert here um, about Joe Burrow that he is hurt and out for the rest of uh, this game. Obviously, you know, I'm focused on you guys. I'm worried about this um, Thursday night game, even though I like I like the Ravens and I like the freaking Bengals. It sucks. Hopefully it's not serious. Okay. Let's go to TJ with the next super chat. I really appreciate it. Once again, TJ, Louisiana Controls, LouisianaControls.com. Latest on Dimbrock for the Bros Award and your level of concern of him going to the NFL as of now. Oh, yeah. So the, the Broyles Award, Mike's got a really good shot. I think he will more than likely be a finalist. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels, is, uh, a lot of the times with the Broyles Award, it goes to a guy who is connected to a big story. All right. And the big story here is Jaden Daniels. It's with that reasonable doubt. Jaden Daniels is the biggest story we have going with our team right now. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, he's got a good shot. I think he'll be a finalist. Every year they give out the award uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, in, in honor of Frank Broyles, uh, the former AD and coach at uh, Arkansas. And I, th- I think Mike's got a good shot. And there's been a lot of coordinators who have won that award and immediately moved on uh, because, you know, they're, they're a hot name, right? You know, Mike Loxley won the award and ended up being the coach of Maryland. Joe Brady won the award, got to the NFL. And, um, you know, Josh Gaddis got the award. And uh, he jumped ship to Miami and got fired, ironically, the year after. And their new guy's been really good. What is it? Shannon Dawson is his name. So, yeah, I mean, I'm always concerned. The Ravens have had a really good offense, right? Tonight, they lost Mark Andrews on the first drive, and they have still put up 21 points. So, this year, um, you, you take a look at what Todd Monken's done. Of course, it's easier when Lamar freaking Jackson is your quarterback, but Monken's been a very good OC. And yeah, it's 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 it is concerning, right? Teams like to copycat other teams, right? And Todd Monken is uh, a tight end friendly OC, and obviously Mike Dimbrock is a tight end friendly OC. And yeah, now. I think right now, for me, TJ, I feel Mike Denbrock is coming back next season. Him and BK are tight. Obviously, he's left BK before, but I, I think I think he'll be back. Oh, let's go to Gage here with the super chat. Once again, now we're forty away from the or sixty away from the Lauren Landry giveaway here. Early twenty twenty four record prediction. So I'll pull up the um, uh, twenty twenty four schedule. Okay. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you. All right. Now, first thing, 
it's very important to understand this. Uh, Gage, I know you're uh, pretty new to uh, the channel, okay? Um, I One thing that I've always preached about the college football season, and it's one of the few things I've been right about this year, is it's not necessarily who you play. It's when you play them, okay? So one thing that is a major step forward for us uh, going into next year is the fact that we are going to be playing a UCLA team that's going to be rebuilding, right? With the coach like Chip Kelly leaving, there's going to be a lot of players that leave UCLA, and their team is likely going to suck next year, okay? So we get a big break there. Obviously, we have a difficult game versus USC to start things off, but USC is also going to be rebuilding, right? Their best running back is going to the NFL. Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks going to the NFL. They'll have a new defensive coordinator. What is a portal situation going to look like? So while Lincoln Riley is returning, that is a team that is also going to be seeing a major uplift, a facelift. But at this point, we really don't know anything else other than this. Okay. And to uh, really hammer home this point, um, Gage, one thing when you look at this 2024 schedule that will help you is understanding that our last group of five game is in September, okay? That is a major, major juxtaposition of how we normally schedule things um, during the Brian Kelly regime, right? Normally, we play a difficult season opener, win and win in week two, conference game in week three and another conference game in week four. And we normally have a few rent wins And by rent wins I mean, you know, non-conference cupcake games in the middle of the season. Okay. We normally have one in the middle of the season and then one at the very end. So last year we had um, New Mexico in the middle of the season. And the next year we had UAB the week before we played Texas A&M. This year, the schedule has pretty much the same exact format, where we had Army in the middle of the season, and then the week before Texas A&M, we play UAB. And this year, of course, we're playing Georgia State. So one thing about the 2024 schedule is it is going to be all conference games from week five on, okay? Now, this is not how the schedule is going to be next year. We don't have the dates. That's why, you know, to the far left, it says date to be announced. So. This schedule is not what you are going to see um, next year. The teams are what you're going to see, but it's not going to be uh, the way it looks now. But I do want to include a few very interesting notes here, okay? Arkansas will likely have a new coach. They will be rebuilding. Vanderbilt is on our schedule. Vanderbilt is abysmal what does south carolina look like in the post spencer rattler era okay so yeah this schedule does look tough but we've honestly caught a lot of breaks okay i would prefer to play oklahoma than texas um so every um incumbent sec team got oklahoma or texas on their schedule next year um i would prefer to play oklahoma than texas and 
you know, of course, we got to go to the swamp. That's going to be difficult. But um, but overall, Texas A&M is also going to be a team that's rebuilding. When you look at the coaching carousel and how things have changed, yeah, there could be some coaches with the portal that come in like Brian Kelly and be very good year one, especially with the roster like Texas A&M that is very much bent, uh, built to win now. And there could be players on that team that have NIL deals that require them to stay. Yeah, look, Texas A&M could be very good right off the jump. But, you know, this this schedule could be very favorable to LSU. So I would guess right now the over-under win total in Vegas for, for LSU with this schedule going into next year would be nine. I, I would guess it would be nine, maybe eight and a half, okay? So there you go. Hopefully I answered your question, okay, uh, pretty well. Pierce says, my early prediction for next year is eight and four. He says next year won't be pretty. Hmm. Yeah, Brian Kelly was asked about his third years being successful. It's a really good question. I don't know reporter which reporter who uh, who asked it. So if you are that reporter, uh, let me know. You know, if I ever shout out a reporter's question, I like obviously I know uh, I know what. Um, you know, Shay Dixon's voice sounds like. But yeah, very good question. They asked Brian Kelly about, hey, every year, year three just seems to be the year um, that is your year. And Brian Kelly said, yeah, you know, you, you've been in the program. You got, you got some culture built. You've got, you know, good roster framework and all those different things. Um, you know, I... I think the world of BK and, and actually taking us to the next level in year three. Um, but then again, it, it does seem weird because um, we, we won't have Jaden. Okay. We, um, we, we won't have Jaden next year. Once again, plan on going to the Arkansas game next year. We will be there. Jared's going. Samuel's going. So on and so on and so on. One thing I, I'll say about losing Jaden, okay, as you can see, you know, Jaden is one of the best players to ever play at LSU. And if he does win the Heisman, he is, you know, without question on, you know, the Mount Rushmore, the best uh, LSU players of this era. Okay. Um, You look, you look historically at some of these teams that, that have won national championships in the modern era, okay? Tennessee won a national championship the year after Peyton Manning left. LSU won a national championship the year after Jamarcus Russell left. Georgia won, you know, a, a, a championship, or they're well on their way here to going to another college football playoff the year after Stetson Bennett left. You know, Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback play. You you could still do great things when elite players leave your program. That's the beauty about college football. No one program has ever been built around one freaking player. Okay? So, yes, you could see a decrease in quarterback productivity. Okay. You could see it and still be a better overall team. 
Okay. Um, but then again, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer is going to be some growing pains. Okay. Oh, God, it was Clowney that knocked Joe out. Oh, God. Why is Jadavian Clowney still in the NFL? Jared says, I'm a little disappointed that year three will still be rebuilding instead of reloading year. Let's go to Cole. Are we thinking Nuss isn't ready? I really think that we're going deep and often with them. I think the run game will carry us next year against anybody, KJ and Olan. Probably more time of possession. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I I, I will say it's not like Garrett Nussmeyer didn't get some experience, right? Um. It, it does concern me that he's not had a start, okay? Um, you know, the thing about, like, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, and um, Bo Nix is all of these guys. Okay, once again, I made the point earlier because of COVID, they're getting this extra season. But all of these guys had a ton of starts, before they went to their new school, okay? It is hard, hard to play. Like, for instance, you know, George McIntyre is a five-star quarterback recruit. So in the recruiting class, Bryce Underwood, who LSU will likely land now, cross your fingers, Bryce Underwood's the number one guy, and George McIntyre's the number two guy. We've done a film study on George McIntyre on Patreon, okay? Um, George McIntyre listed in, in, like, his top eight schools, Florida International, all right, which is a bad program. But Florida International is coached by his uncle, Mike McIntyre. Wouldn't it be smart for George to go somewhere and just play? A year, get some experience, get some snaps. I think quarterback is uh, a rep position. Um, I, I think there are other positions where reps just aren't as important uh, as quarterback. I think running back is one of those spots. I think, you know, pretty much all three levels of the defense, You, you there, there are guys that could just step in and, and be good right away. Quarterback is a rep position. Why wouldn't you go play a year for your uncle which would probably be pretty freaking cool. And then guess what? If you ball out there, your price in the portal would go way up. 
Okay. Scooby, I appreciate all your support over the years, but today he's had no meaningful snaps. That's it's just not true. Um, but he's not had meaningful snaps as a starter. Okay, he's played at quite a few meaningful reps. So he's not going into this next season just with with no experience. So there you go. Now, once again, uh, a lot of you have floated in here. I really appreciate it. I think I see Carvis in here. Um, if you want me to go to your question immediately, uh, feel free to super chat. Venmo cash up, obviously wide open. We are only 60 away from giving away this around Landry or $50 super chat uh, from any one of you. We'll give it out. Um, so there you go. Kind of shook, though, that Joe Burrow's hurt again, and it's a risk. And I do agree that this would be T with Bowers. But next year, Mason Taylor's taking that crown. So be ready. Uh, I think Chance is still in here. Doug's been chilling. Good to have Doug back in here. Let's see. Todd Jr. Uh, let's see you in there. It's good to see you. Once again, Greg has been chilling in the background. Uh, Cole says, I, he says he sees a difference in us and JD5's delivery. JD5 balls, pause, are smooth. Pause. Oh God! I just started reading this comment and at the double pause. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I can't say this second sentence uh, out loud in fear of demonetization. Okay, in fear of the feds coming and saying, "Hey, what, what, what kind of channel are you running here? What kind of hop skippity jump?" BS. <laughs> oh, man. this is all time pause. <laughs> it's an all timer. It's an all timer. And I, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, God. Oh, man. I can't. I can't. <laughs> because. Because I could, <laughs> because I actually partially uh, want to chat about this. Uh, oh God! Wait, what, Cole? What is this follow-up here? What? Oh God! I might have to just end this stream. I, f I kind of feel like when Drewski had that guy on IG Live and. The dude on IG Live uh, showed his toilet, and he was like, "No, I gotta end this. I, I might have to end this." Oh God, smoothest Tennessee whiskey. Even Chris Stapleton's like, "Now hold on, just a second. Let me parachute on in here." Now, if you're a Stapleton fan, you got that reference. Um, let let me just stop the presses. Okay.
Oh, God. Branson Cat's going in here. Tom Brady's balls are deflated and soft. When, oh, God. I see you. I'm, I'm a... <laughs> this is... It's gone crazy. It's gone crazy. This show sponsored by OnlyFans. That's where I'm going to be streaming next. OnlyFans.com. But to your point, okay, to your point, Garrett Nussmeyer throws a really good ball, okay? He he does, all right? Before this season, that was the one thing Nuss had over Jaden. But Jaden put in a ton of work, okay? Um, You know, Brian Kelly has even, you know, obviously fielded a ton of Jaden Daniels questions, he said, you know, tonight, I don't have the exact quote, but so I'm paraphrasing. So if this sounds different than what he said, uh, I'm sorry. But, you know, he, he's mentioned how crazy it is that Jaden is, you know, by far the best quarterback in, in the sport uh, right now. And how big of a leap that that actually was. You know, one thing if you actually watch our film studies and seen some of the Patreon things is – the uh, Jaden would, would throw wobblers, right? He, he would throw ducks. And some of that mechanically, um, you know, some Q, I, I'm not good enough as a QB mechanics guy to break all of that down. But some of it, it comes down to putting so much weight on your front foot, which can cause the ball to, to, to dive, if you will, and, and flutter. But I, I really mean this. You can go look at some of this, the fall breakdowns. His throwing delivery changed, right, um, to a far more rotational and and smoother delivery. So it's it's crazy, absolutely crazy how different um, how how different uh, that that changed uh, things for for Jaden. Okay, so uh, for me. You know, just to go back over everything we, we, we just said here. Before the season, Nuss threw a better ball than Jaden. Not only a better deep ball, but just a, a better ball in general. Okay. But Jaden, this was always the truth. He is one of the hardest workers to ever play at LSU. He's one of the best leaders to ever play at LSU. And he just put in more work than pretty much anybody else. Um, and Garrett Nussmeyer works really hard too. Okay, he's a coach's son. It's what you would expect um, from a quarterback, right? You, this is what you, this is what the position demands if you want to be great at it. Um, so yeah, I mean, Jaden turning into this elite of a thrower when you compare it to you know what he was last year to where he was this year put a lot of work in he, he really 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 did and you've seen it you've seen it not only in decision making and decisiveness and and want to just himself right and uh, it makes me want to work harder and what i want to do uh to get to the next level for me right hopefully doing something on espn cbs any of the networks i feel like i can do as good or better job than anyone right? i'm that confident Right, and I know I'm going to work harder than anyone. Uh, let's go to Cole here. 
how many players under the 85 will we be after the season? Hopefully we can't take this out of bounds. So that's obviously a very difficult question to answer because of the portal. Um, but we can go through the guys that we know for sure that are that are not going to be on the team next year. Jaden is one of those guys. He will for sure be gone. Um, Malik Neighbors is for sure going to uh, leave this next season. Um, Brian Thomas Jr., we would probably lean towards him leaving um, next year. Then you take a look at Charles Turner and, and Miles Frazier. Do both of them decide to make that leap? I would think uh, they do. I do. Okay. Now, defensively, Andre Sam is for sure going to be gone. He has been one of the better players we've had. And, of course, um, Omar Spates is for sure going to be gone. And Ovia Gufu will for sure be gone. Okay? Pretty much everybody else is going to have a shot uh, to come back next season. Okay? Now, one good thing is, does Makai Wingo want to come back more so now after his injury here? Or does he say, look, I played so many snaps. Let me go ahead and get to the NFL as soon as I can. What does Mason Smith decide to do? All those guys have decisions to make. And then, of course, Cole, you have the guys that, um, that, um, that play and still want to go somewhere else to get in a different system. And then you have all these guys who have a scholarship, but they don't play at all. Okay. One thing I'll say here, Cole, and this is going to come off as, as just, you know, really, really, really harsh. Okay. But one thing about this season that, would bother Brian Kelly some is how much of this year we have been carried by two supernova players, right? Emily Neighbors and Jaden Daniels, and a number two wide receiver who took a surreal leap that we predicted. We said Brian Thomas Jr. was going to have some positive regression going into this next year, okay? Did a whole deep dive on that before the season, showing you the numbers in the film that Brian Thomas Jr. was going to take a leap forward. Um, if all three of those guys leave, are we going to see the supernova jumps from some other players? One guy that I think really took a massive leap, and Brian Kelly referenced him earlier in the press conference earlier today, is Garrett Dellinger. Garrett Dellinger has been so freaking good this year, right? He had some rough spots last year, rough spots. But those guys he went up against that gave him some rough times are starting in the NFL right now. One of those guys is Jalen Carter. He has been so good. So he took a massive leap, okay? And the rest of the offensive line has been really good. But we're going to need those guys to be even better because they don't have Jaden back there to – run away from everything, basically. So then get to the defensive side of the football. 
it's just going to need to be even keel. Okay. You know, you look at some of the teams that LSU has won national championships with. They had, you know, obviously the 2019 team that had a bunch of just supernova stars, right? You had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Clyde edwards And then, you know, you had Grant Delpit and all those guys defensively. But one thing I, I could argue is that team had a lot of very good players on it. This year's team has some supernova guys, but not a whole lot of just very good guys where you could point to it and say, this guy is, is like, for instance, if we had a college-level Christian Fulton, we're probably a one-win team better than what we are right now. Um, you know, and that, that's so how much just one extra very good player would move the needle for us. We need to have a lot more very good guys on our team next year. We have plenty of supernova guys this year. We have plenty. We just got to have more consistency and more very good guys. Um, so, yeah, it's it's so key. It's so key to have that. Um, here's a good example. Really good example. 2007 LSU. All right. That was a team of a few supernova guys. But everybody was good to very good, right? Everybody knew their role. They played as a team. They had a bunch of comeback victories. And they were just a bunch of really, really good players. They weren't – they didn't have, like, a whole lot of just transcendent, transcendent players. Um, But they just had a lot of just very, very good players. And they won the national championship because of it. They're a deep team, an experienced team that that really bought in. Um, so there you go. There you go. First one in the building, last one out. Say hi to BK's caddy. Jared says, so we're returning the worst defense in LSU history. Pierce says, Mason is for sure coming back next year. I believe so. I believe so. But... I just got the craziest YouTube comment. It buzzed in on my phone. And, um, okay, I I, I, I want to show it on the screen. I, I keep some Twitter updates, but every now and then if YouTube, like, sees, like, a crazy comment. Uh, this is on the SEC channel, one of my SEC breakdowns. I got compared to the American Pie, a girl off American Pie. They said I sound like a girl off American Pie. 
I got to be real. I've never seen the movie American Pie. Okay. But she said, but this guy says, I sound like a girl off American Pie. I'm reading the comment verbatim. He said, good film breakdown, but listening to you makes me want to cut my ears off. I, mean, I never would have thought that. I've never seen the movie. Here's the thing. If I sound like that, that's just that's just it's just how I sound, right? Like, I mean, Doc Rivers sounds like he just ate a pine cone. I'm still gonna listen to him because. He's he's on the NBA big broadcast now. He can't change the way he sounds. Well, it's not it's, they hired him. That's just like it's it's I I didn't I didn't I didn't know I sounded like a like a like an American pie girl. I never thought that. Let's go to PJ. Are we sure LSU's problem on defense is coaching and not lack of talent? Oh, boy. Let me take a look at the poll question really quickly before we get to that. Matt House's defense holds Georgia State 11 to 21 currently winning the poll question. Which one of you five percenters said 31 or more? Can I be honest with you, though, guys and gals? Um, this has been the weirdest thing. All right. This has been the weirdest, 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 uh, weirdest thing. So the SEC channel is is it's is really growing. Okay. Not a gazillion. I mean, I'm not making a gazillion bucks. College football is not as big of a thing on YouTube as you might think it is. But we, we are growing over there. And um and that's awesome. Okay. But you know, with those film studies, it does require me to look deeper into some of these other teams, okay? And I understand that Ole Miss's defense was destined to get run over by Georgia. You know, Georgia got extra hype when Brock Bowers had the tightrope surgery. Um, I think we have some doctors in the chat that could break that down for you. Um, he had the tightrope surgery, and then he – um, made this miraculous return. And, you know, Georgia was playing with, with some extra juice. But when I tell you that Ole Miss schematically did some of the weirdest things I've ever seen defensively to where they had defensive linemen deoccupying gaps and leaving wide open holes for the players to run through. You can go look at the film study today that I released. 
on Power SEC. I actually cut a lot out of this Georgia Ole Miss game. I was like, what the hell are they doing? I mean, this their defensive coordinator is Pete Golding, who came over from Alabama. Uh, I, I think I have a good idea of how the Saban system is supposed to work. There's no way he was calling some of the some of the stuff that they were doing. I think their defense got scared and they just played for themselves and they weren't really hitting Georgia. I feel like mentally they were soft. I, I'm just being honest. Uh, they didn't want anything to do with Georgia's offensive line, which is led by a kid from New Orleans that obviously pains me to say. But but Ole Miss's defense schematically did some of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Okay, then let's actually take it one step further. The Tennessee versus Missouri game. Tennessee's defense started doing a lot of the things that we do. And Ole Miss's defense did the same thing. They would have two guys go through the same gap. They would lose their contained responsibilities. Um, their, Their secondary would be scared to tackle. And I'm like, maybe there is something deeper to this. Maybe... All the defenses in the SEC sucks, not named Alabama and Georgia. I don't know. But now that I've watched a little bit more of the rest of the SEC, there are a lot of guys just scared to tackle. Um, There's a lot of scheme that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And maybe me not being a coach, maybe a lot of that crap is just over my head of knowledge. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of SEC teams play with their defensive linemen just doing absolutely crazy things. Okay. This is Aaron Hornsby. He is is a fan of Ole Miss. That's why he's saying that. Aaron Hornsby Hornsby is actually a – Jackson Dart's agent. So he's like, hey, uh, you keep Madhouse for an extra year so uh, we can play them. Even though um, we don't play Ole Miss next year. We do. Actually, we play Ole Miss in uh, Tiger Stadium for another Magnolia Bowl trophy. I'm kidding, Aaron. Welcome to the channel. He says, don't fire house. Everybody, welcome Aaron to the channel. Oh, Caitlin Clark lost? Good. Actually, you know, I, I like Caitlin Clark. Once again, you make a tackle versus Ole Miss, you win the game. Any one of the plays, make make just one tackle versus Ole Miss. <laughs> Who's a backup QB for the Bengals? Jake Browning? I have no idea why they just didn't keep Brandon Allen. Jamar Chase, one catch, 10 yards. Ugh.
Okay, just got this uh, texted to me that Jackson Dart is going to return. Okay. Let's go to Aaron. Aaron's new. I like an. I was like a, a new viewer. Please hit that subscribe button, ring the bell. That's players not stepping up in his opinion. Okay. He's right. To a certain extent, he's right. I feel like this year I have defended Madhouse a little bit more than most in the media. Okay. Which is weird because, like I said earlier, I wasn't like the biggest fan of his when he was hired. And this kind of ties in with. You know, me and Robert Griffin III going at it. I never thought I'd say it, say that. But RG3 was at the freaking game. Okay, he's got more access to different camera angles. Literally, when you're broadcasting a game, you 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 have access to a lot of different things that we can't see. Okay, um, he watches more football uh, than I do. Okay, and I watch a lot. He has to obviously for his job. He knows more about football than I do, okay, because he's played at a high level. If he can't see that the LSU defense that missed 30-plus tackles, once again, 30-plus tackles, how does everyone on the team not get cut after lose, after missing 30-plus tackles? And I'm not sure. It, it, it obviously comes down to your counting system, right? I'm not sure if that includes guys that – didn't even make contact with guys that were in position to make plays, right? That's why missing tackles can be um, a different thing, okay? It's hard. It's hard to run any kind of defense successfully if you can't just make a tackle, okay? And I understand I'm singling this player out again, but, you know, he's not with the team right now, and he's been obviously really difficult to deal with. But Denver Harris just has to make that tackle on third and nine with the receivers back turned on a comeback route. You, any DB will tell you, just corral the guy. You don't need to wrestle him to the ground. Um, and I don't know if he was looking for a cool Instagram photo with the caption or something. I don't know. Just tackle the guy. Just hold him up. And we probably win that game because we're up by nine. We're up by nine. It's a two-possession game. And they would have had to go for it on fourth to short. They probably get it, but at least you force them to make the decision whether or not to go for it, which Lane probably does. Um, you you just got to tackle, right? Now, here's what I'll say to the next point about this from Aaron. Okay, to make first-timers feel welcome. This is always a talking point that I will vehemently disagree with. Vehemently. All right? He says, I just don't know where we would go to get a defensive coordinator. Okay. This is what this – and it's I'm not signaling you out anywhere because, because I hear this a lot, all right, in the media and just – fans on Twitter and all this stuff. When someone's first response to 
so-and-so saying this coach should be fired. One response I oftentimes hear is who are you going to get to replace him? Okay. That is not a good enough defense for firing someone. Sometimes someone needs to be fired because they suck, right? To where anybody would be better than whoever that coach may be, right? A replacement level coach would be better than that coach. So you also got to keep in mind, you know, Aaron, and, and Aaron, you might be a coach, I don't know, but when a job at LSU opens up and you're an assistant coach and you see that the offensive line coach makes 900K a year, well, he makes 825 a year, and then you see the wide receiver coach makes 900K, the running back assistant recruiting coordinator makes 900K, and the defense coordinator makes 2.1K, um, uh, 2.1 million a year. First off, it's a pay raise. And the next thing is you get Louisiana athletes. So anybody that is coaching in college football, if they hear the LSU coaching job is, is, is open or any LSU coaching job is open, they're going to be interested. Even if they're not interested, they're going to be interested so they can leverage more money to get more money for themselves. Okay. You, th- there are so many guys that would leave their current jobs to go be a, a defensive coordinator at LSU. I can pretty much say there are some defensive coordinators that currently coach top 50 defenses in the power five that would leave um, their job to go to a new job uh, at LSU. So, yeah, it's okay if you think Madhouse deserves another season. It's perfectly fine. But at LSU, we should never have the mindset that this coach or, or who who should we get to replace this coach? Because the 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 answers to that could be endless. It really could. Now, if you're Clemson, which your whole success of the modern era has been based off of one head coach and you know a few really good assistants, it's a little bit different. But especially at LSU, we've had carousels of assistants come and go. No big problem. No big deal. Okay. And that was oftentimes something, you know, with the Les Miles era ending. Uh, who are you going to get to replace Les? He's won all these, he had all these 10 win seasons. There's a lot of guys. Charlie asked a question about, uh, I think, John Emery. I think you're just more so making a point uh, in general. Oh, you're talking about Harold Perkins here. Uh, How many other players that we don't know are not reaching their potential? Okay. So, yeah, there's going to be, you know, some some heavy discourse with Harold Perkins this offseason. You know, one question I get a lot is, 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 is he transferring? No. Harold Perkins isn't going anywhere, right? Now, if he gets offered, obviously, a generationally sized bag, if there's a team that hungry for that level of a difference maker, then sure. 
But Harold Perkins loves being at LSU. His family loves the fact that he's at LSU. Okay. Per my Harold Perkins sources. I I have a tough time believing he's not going to be back next year. Now, has he fulfilled his potential this year as 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 a linebacker? No. Right? He's not had as good of a year as he had the year before. Now, we have had some big Harold Perkins games. Obviously, the Missouri game is more than likely going to be his best game of the season. But this year has been a tough year trying to figure out what his best role on the team will be. Okay. Um, but, you know, to Charlie's point, we've had a lot of guys this year not be who we thought they were. A lot. Some of that is injury. Some of that is 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 house. Some of that is going up against good offenses. But one macro point I would make about the SEC this year, and it's very important to point this out, okay? And I can run through this really quickly. How many teams this year in the Southeastern Conference have lived up to their potential? have exceeded expectations this year in the SEC. How many? You tell me. You tell me right now in the chat. Um, There have been four. Okay? There have been four schools. All right? Georgia and Alabama, which is more of the same, they've lived up to their potential already this season. Okay? Georgia and Alabama are going to the SEC championship game. It's pretty much... You know, neither one of those teams, I mean, Georgia more so than Alabama, but those teams are flawed, new coordinators, new offensive coordinators, new quarterbacks. It's a really damn good coaching job. Yes, they have the best players, but they did exceed expectations. Um, Missouri did, and, you know, Eli Drickowitz is probably going to be coach of the year. And Ole Miss did. Ole Miss, you know, exceeded their expectations uh, up to this point where, you know, they beat us, lost to Alabama. Um, pretty handily lost to Georgia. Um, so four schools of the 14, okay? In other words, two out of every seven have lived up or exceeded their expectations. Florida is about where we expected them to be, okay? Kentucky, about where we expected them to be. South Carolina, under expectations. Tennessee, under expectations. Their win total was at nine and a half. Uh, They're about to have four losses. Arkansas, way under expectations. Auburn, first-year coach, about at expectations. LSU, under expectations. Mississippi State, way under expectations. They fired their coach. Texas A&M, way under expectations. They fired their coach. Okay? A lot of bad coordinators mixed in there as well. So we are not alone. We are not alone. Okay. So it's it's tough. It's 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 tough to exceed expectations in this conference, right? And we should have beat two of those teams that exceeded expectations. Actually, three of them. Okay. We we beat Missouri and we were in good position to beat Ole Miss and Alabama. We just couldn't close the deal. Yeah, Pierce, you faded Arkansas before the season. I had them over the over their win total. That was my biggest miss. I had Texas A&M over their win total. 
Um, I don't think they can get there now. Let me see. What is uh, Texas A&M's record? Their win total was at seven. Let's see. They are six and four. Okay. So they can push with the win over Abilene Christian. And they can go over their win total at LSU. I think it was mostly at seven and a half. So um, there you go. Um, yeah, Arkansas being way under expectations this year. Um, let me see. Let me see. Aveline Christian. Yeah, Pegasus, we, we had a whole bunch of transfer QB talk a little bit earlier. But if you join Patreon tonight, I know you've been on the on on the teeter totter with that. If you if you join Patreon tonight, I'll go back into it. I know Pegasus, it's this is your time. I'll tell Pegasus to join the Patreon. Oh, that might be true, Scooby. I, I don't I don't know. It's tough. I think I mean there's a lot of money in both positions, if we're being honest. Now, here's gonna do next five minutes, we're gonna take as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep it going. Once again, we're halfway there to giving out this Leron Landry Auto. If not, we'll just give it out uh, this weekend. Next time I'll be live will be for the pregame, halftime, and postgame show on Saturday. Okay. Would Jacoby Matthews come home? You spelled it correctly, too. See, LD88's getting Pegasus on here tonight. And Pegasus has been my most loyal live streamer for years now. He's always in here later than almost anyone. Um. Obviously, you got Jared, the Branson Cats, the Tony, the Tigers. Dang, Laura coming in hot. Chance, you know, you know, you know who I want. You know who I want. We we might get another shot at him this off season. And we could actually have a a, a punt returner.
type Y for coming to the, the Arkansas PHO meetup in Fayetteville. Oh, Pegasus coming? Okay, good. I know Branson Cat's going. God, I'm just trying to get information on this burrow injury. Y'all see the story. Um, so there's a, a reporter. Her name is uh, Carissa Thompson. And uh, she said that when she used to do sideline reporting, she's now the like Amazon Prime desk person, um, studio host. So she sits there with Andrew Whitworth and, and, uh, Tony Gonzalez and, and those guys, Richard Sherman and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And she said that she would make up the sideline reports when she couldn't get a hold of the coach, right? So she would um she would she would be waiting for them out of the out of the tunnel and she wouldn't get a report. And basically she would um she would she would go live when they would go down to her and say the the coach says we got to win the line of scrimmage. You got to get some rush on the quarterback. Got to win the turnover battle. She would just make it up, and you wouldn't know anything because you know she would give like coach speak types of answers. And I was like, wow, that's a stunning admission. And she said, I mean, I didn't listen to the full clip. I listened to the clip that was released. And when I tell you, she got slandered today on social media for that slandered. I mean, she's making from the Amazon stuff now. She's probably making 500K a year to be the studio host there. And you have all these young reporters that would die for the opportunity to be uh, a sideline reporter for an ESPN Maction game. And 
God, that was not good for the profession. That was not, not, not good. Um, even if that were true, you don't say that, right? Because, like, you know, I was going through sports media, and, and I knew when I was doing it that everybody wanted to do something like this. And slowly I started to realize that, hey, I'm not a local TV news guy. She's not really my thing. I'm open to doing it, but she's not really my thing. And this is always just kind of been my thing. I wrote, I did radio, I've, I've done TV stuff in the past. And it's so hard to make it. It is so hard to make the kind of money that Carissa Thompson has made. Because there's so many people out there that's willing to do it for free. And you go out there and you undermine the credibility of the entire profession. That is awful, right? Um, you know, I watched part of a video that the Tulane sideline reporter, her name is Maddie. I don't know how to say her last name. Maddie uh, Hudak or, or Hudak. I, I don't know how to say her last name. Um. And she had a long video, like, passionately saying, hey, that's just fricked up. Um, man, that sucked. I was not happy about that. I've met Carissa Thompson uh, before. Briefly. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who she was at the time. Uh, this was back when I worked uh, the Super Bowl in New Orleans. Um, so it is Maddie Hudak. Okay. Thank you, Grant. I appreciate that. And I hated that for her. I mean, she is busting her butt on the sideline of these two lane games. And I hate it for every and, – and, and obviously sideline reporting gigs are mostly occupied by, by women. I hate it for, for women trying to get in sports and sports broadcasting. I know some of these uh, sideline reporters. I went to school, uh, went, sat in class with some of them. It sucks. Absolutely sucks. Absolutely sucks. But you got a chance here. This is the reason why it sucks. Because then some, I mean, these are multi-million dollar institutions. Billion dollar institutions are going to be like, well, if that's the case, what, what's their what's their point? What's the point of them being down there? You know, we're... We, what if we get with a lawsuit? What if there's people saying, oh, th- th- what is the credibility of the whole brand? Okay. But I would also say this about that is, and uh, like I, I think Carissa is, 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 is a great st- studio host and Obviously, uh, she's, you know, the studio person for Free Amazon. But, God, dude, you just can't say that. You just can't. Like, I saw Tracy Wilson say something about that. I saw Laura, um, Laura Oakman Oak, Oak, or, or something along those lines. She's a big silent reporter for Fox. You just can't say that. You just can't say that. Um, so, yeah, that's all there is to it. Um, but it's also important to point this out as well. Most people that do sports, they're not really journalists per se. I'm not a journalist. 
they're more so presenters, right? Like this is not like it's 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 not as difficult as doing like hard news. Like that's really tough stuff to do is be like an actual news report. Now it's not easy per se. Um you know, one one friend of mine now we we don't talk as much as we used to, but um her name was Laura McKeeman at the time, but she you're better known as Laura Rutledge. Uh of course she's one of the biggest analysts uh studio hosts on the planet. She was an incredible sideline reporter. Incredible. Um just always very insightful. Um just really good. I think Alyssa Lang is really good with the SEC network. She had a stand up after the Tennessee game uh that was from a journalism standpoint, one of the best things I've ever seen before the uh uh, she went and she actually went out into the water and did like a scuba diving kind of thing, looking for the goalpost or something like that. I don't know. Um, so yeah, there, there are really good like sideline reporters out there, but you know, there's going to be people like chance to say, Hey, what's the point? Should I even listen to them? Is it even worth any of this? That's the shit that, that really bothers me with the, um, with that. And I hate it. I hate it for my friends that do it. And, uh, it sucks. It sucks. Well, Pegasus says nobody heard it. You know, she she said this on the biggest sports podcast on the planet. Uh, definitely one of the biggest, and pardon my take, it's a great podcast. Shout out PFT and, and Big Cat. I've met both of them. Um, Shout out to them. I mean... The fact that they get guests so relaxed to, to to say something like that is crazy. Now, do I think it's do I think it's a tad bit overblown? May, maybe so, maybe so. Like I'm not gonna I'm gonna sleep the same way tonight as I normally do. But it is it is so it is so interesting that you would say something like that. Okay. But I do think, you know, like the term journalist and the term reporter, I do think there needs to be – I most sports reporters aren't journalists. They're not reporters. They're presenters, okay? Katie George. Yeah, shout out Katie George. Cole's a friend of mine. Yeah, never met Alyssa, though. I think Alyssa is great, though. Is Sage really being listed as a redshirt sophomore? So, yeah, yeah. So, Sage Ryan is what a class of 2021 player. Correct? Yeah. Class of 2021. Okay. So, yeah, he is a redshirt sophomore. He redshirted his first year in 2021. 2022, he played. So this year is a redshirt sophomore, and he still has two years of eligibility after this one. Okay. 
Yeah, he's class of 2021. So he still has two years of eligibility left. Now, I will see y'all tomorrow night at the Pelicans game. Shout out to all the reporters who don't make stuff up. Uh oh. Jeff Trailer has interviewed for the Texas A&M job. Per Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman. Jeff Trailer, former Arkansas running backs coach. Got the UTSA head coaching job. <laughs> I can't freaking believe this Joe Burrow crap. Okay, I just can't. I can't even. I just can't freaking believe the season for him. I mean, dude, him versus 49ers was as good as I've seen any quarterback play all year. And it's just these damn injuries. Okay. Ooh, Pierce, that's that's some late night chatter. 
right? It's, it's a little too late for all that. Where's number eight? Number eight is available next season. Branson Cat agrees with Mike. All right, y'all. Early morning. Driving to the 504 tomorrow night. To see the Pels dominate Nikola Jokic, the true MVP. Oh, man. Shout out to all our Super Chatters. As always, Jared holding it down. Doug knows. Good to have Doug back. TJ, LouisianaControls.com. Gage and Cole, I appreciate all your beautiful souls. Don't forget, if you want more of me, go to Power Hour SEC. Check it out. Got a bunch of film studies over there. Okay? Everybody, welcome our new timer. Aaron, we'll see you at the pregame show this weekend. Okay, it is power, hour, LSU, bam. And tonight we are doing lemon pepper chicken wings. You know it. Let's go. Oh, you don't have to go study, Branson. Let's go.